We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that this podcast is being recorded on, the Wajak people of Perth region. We recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community and pay our respects to them and their cultures and to elders both past and present. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side and the truth. Come on girls, let's go shopping. That's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. What are you looking at? Not looking at what you're me. You're mad, you bastard. Far am you. Far am you. Swear to Christ, ladies, you get a bag of all sorts in here, mate. Welcome to Wook Wook. G'day, welcome to The Last New Wave. I'm Andrew Pearce and this is the podcast that looks at the wide and varied landscape that is Australian cinema. On this episode, I had some time to sit down with the director of one of my favourite films of all time, Welcome to Whoop Whoop, as well as The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and the new film out in cinemas at the moment, Swinging Safari, Stephen Elliott. Uh, it's a really interesting little chat. Uh, you know, certainly there's a bunch more questions that I wish I could have asked uh, if I had more time, but uh, nonetheless, I was really, really grateful to be able to sit down and, and ask Stefan a few questions about Swing Safari and also about Welcome to Whoop Whoop. Uh, so stick around, have a listen to the trailer, and we'll be back with the interview. There comes a time in every man's life. Bugger it, just take him. You know how to put him on, right? So I'm going to take you to the bathroom, I can show you. What the hell happened in the 1970s? Let's go back and meet three rudderless families. <laughs> The Joneses with the big kahunas on the block. Somebody's going to get hurt and it's not going to be me! The Hall House was a disaster movie in the making. Welcome to the club, men. It's <coughs> the way. My family was stuck right in the middle of the cul-de-sac. Dad! Oh, g'day, Mr Marsh. I was armed with a Super 8 camera. Oh, what you got there, love? Look at that! No cameras tonight? I captured everything. Oh, I think I'm gonna hurl. In the hope I could edit together. The next game is called Swinging Safari. Oh, I'm here. What was going through our poor, misguided heads? Why were they doing that to each other? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We just go to school like normal. Quite obsessed about it in this one. Yeah. Oh, we're just apologetic as all. Well. Yeah. yeah. It's just because it's weird. Yeah. It's very weird. No, we, no, we, we know shot here. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Perth was close second. The beaches. The beach. But I found it great. Each other side of Coleslaw. Dead on the money. It was. Um, we were almost here. That was our last recce. And then, but the one thing that did one thing that got on the way, which was the, the development. Fair enough. Trying yeah. to find classic, you know, we couldn't afford to build classic 70s houses. Yeah. We had to find existing yeah. ones. And straight, I found some great streets, but in the middle of it was... This uh, this whole imagine. brand new place. Do I imagine it's going to be real difficult? For, for period it. filmmakers who can't afford those kind of um, special effects now where you can remove it in post-production. Hmm. And, you know, that's where Perth kind of wobbled. We just kept finding some great locations with this complete, you know... McMansion or you know modern actual architectural thing in the middle of it then I just I can't shoot it I can't shoot it and then you know Queensland won because of that however whilst two of the houses the Kylie and Guy's house and the Jones house 
were both levelled the minute we finished production. The bulldozers were at the the big scene at the, the guy in Kylie's house where the, the pool explodes. That was our last shot, and we pulled everybody out. And there were two bulldozers outside. We pulled everyone out, and because we went two days over, and the bulldozers leveled that house. So it's the rest. The whole country's gone there now. It's like well, you've got a beautiful cinema in there as well. Like a, a beautiful old oh, yes, cinema, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know we're starting to lose those as well. Yeah. Um, now I wanted to say as well. First of all, I want to apologise for something which I did years and years ago, uh, which you have no idea about. But nonetheless, I saw Welcome to Woodbrook twice in the cinema. Oh. But I was 13 years old, so yeah. I had to buy a ticket to Black Dog, uh, some Patrick Swayze film. Uh, two tickets to Black Dog and saw it twice. So. I couldn't put money towards Welcome to Warbrook. No, oh, thank really, you. That's really, that's really sad that. <laughs> that's one of my favourite films. That's really, really great. I'm finding more and more fans. It's you know, it's leaks virally now, um, but everyone's only ever now seeing it now, and it's got a huge following through mm. pirated coffee, copies online. So few, few people have seen it. So well, there's, a, there's a great DVD of it, which you did. A I remastered, yeah, yeah. I remastered, yeah. yeah. So I'm a huge fan. It's my second favourite Australian film. Oh, great. Just that, I'll just put that out there, which, you know, I, when I was compiling a list of questions, I'm like, I can't ask can't. everything about Welcome to Woodward because I've got to talk about Swinging Safari. <laughs> so, well, as you probably heard from the commentary, it was like a boy to really put that film back to what it should have been, which I never got the chance. It's an uncompleted movie, and now that all the film's gone, I mean, it's all been ditched. I'll never have a chance to making it worse and it would have been worse but also by being worse the point would have been a little bit clearer it exactly. just got lost yeah well I love it and it seems like you're carrying across the same kind of uh, aesthetic for the Swing Safari you're carrying yeah. across this love for an era of Australia and I'm curious about what that's like you know in 2018 or well, 2017 essentially making this story and looking back well you know if you're going to talk about what what, what was, you know, what, what was the metaphor for a, a place that is too far away, it's too fucking dry, it's too fucking hot, but it's ours. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, it's such an interesting culture, and I love this culture, and as, as now I've seen the internet completely beginning to ruin cultures worldwide because there's too much information flying around. But yeah, we, you know, we, we, we just, we were the most unique culture in my childhood growing up because of that sense of isolation. Mm. And the films always, all the films deal with a character who's isolated. They call it fish out of water, but in every film has somebody in a landscape that they don't understand that's isolated. Yeah. And Easy Virtue was the country house that was, Loretta's character was completely isolated. So a lot of my Australian roots come back to that. I, I, I understand that, but within... The genius of isolation is that you've got you, extraordinary animals. I mean, kangaroos, koalas, you know, anything from mowers, you know, all you know, what we've done from flora and fauna was this unique sense of isolation made and a unique set of species. And I include human beings in that. Mm-hmm. I think they were the most unusual species. And I look back, it was my childhood. And I absolutely, yeah, I love hating it too. I love picking on it. But at the same time, I'm, I'm deeply in love with them. And I just, I'm, I'm so proud of them. And so the best part about that, cult, it, about the whole culture is you can still pick on them. You can still laugh at them. You're not allowed to do that anymore. So this was my last real chance of having a good giggle. Well, this is, you know, essentially it's one of the few films that you've done that isn't based on pre-existing text, like a book or something like that. The pre-existing text is essentially your life in, in this autobiographical way. No, so, the only one was... Uh, uh, no. was the only one that was based on anything. It was based on a book, and there was not much of the book left. Um, sure. 
So no, no, it's actually no. This is all you know. They're all pretty much original. Okay, right. My research has failed me, but nonetheless, drawing from your childhood, how's that, and and making it new, and and seeing it through whole new eyes. Because I imagine you've you know you've changed as a person over the years. We all change as people, and looking back at our childhoods, we look back and see things uh, that you know we may have completely envisioned differently way back sure. then. Sure, sure. It's, it's it's in the voiceover of the uh, film, which is yeah. "Am I rewriting history?" Yeah, yeah. Is this what I saw? And the line is, "Am I rewriting history?" Probably, because God knows my parents did. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, who gets a chance like this? This one was great. You know, I put it down. It's pretty honest. It's pretty raw. And you know, they gave me the money to to do it. And on top of that is, you know, this one, I just really didn't compromise on this one. This one was, and I just said to all cast and crew and designers, everyone, if it's not honest, if it's not real, we just can't make shit up. This is the point of this one is to be very, very true and very, very honest, no matter how ridiculous. Mm. If we start fabricating stuff, then then it turns into, in its own way, it turns into, it could get manipulative and, and it have an agenda. And that's all modern American filmmaking is. It's an agenda. Thing. So, yeah, no, this one was, you know, it was tough to get up, but I absolutely, for the first time in many years, just stood my ground and said, I ain't flinching. It is what it is. Yeah. And bad luck. If you don't like it, I'm really sorry. But I think that honesty is definitely coming through now as people are saying, what, you know... They can smell it. Yeah. And do you feel like there, you obviously uh, a few years ago had a bit of a, a cancer scare that you're afraid of, uh, you know, obviously cancer and all that kind of stuff. Did that kind of give you a reboot? or? A no, the cancer scare was not a couple of years ago. The cancer scare was at the Sydney premiere. Oh, right. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah, I had some nasty, they found a nasty lump. And, well, I'm you know, glad I, that it wasn't, you know, glad that it wasn't that. But it, no. you, has that given you a boost to be like, you know what? A no, are you kidding? That was just... For fuck's sake, that was just <laughs> getting through the pr- premiere with a stupid cartoon smile on my face, knowing damn well we had to the Sydney premiere and the Melbourne premiere, and I flew back from the Melbourne premiere and went straight in the hospital. Right. Trust me, that night was uh, was plastered smiles. Wow. Uh, uh, but I was good. Results are good. That's fine. Um, no, the what you're saying though is much more the ski accident, which I had just before is in virtue. That was that was that yeah. was the that was the big wake up call. That was you know I shouldn't be. I got told I was dead. I got told I had three minutes to live. And that was an interesting little moment in life. And I, I died and I let go and died and knew that I was dead. And then I woke up, you know, five or six days later and somehow I was alive. So that was very much stop wasting time. Yeah. You know, you, you, we're all on a clock now. I understand that. And as you get older, you know, you, you, oh, yeah, part of you is stop being so cautious. I think a lot of people get more and more cautious as they get older start saving money for retirement and you know like and then get more and more fearful and like nah I've had a scare now if, it's, if I'm going to die I'm going to die you know so be it yeah <laughs> so be it take some chances whilst you're alive have some fun so I want to ask about your collaboration and one of the people you've worked with the most and done a really fantastic job with is Lizzie yeah who you know the costumes in all of your films are to die for you know there's, there is a reason why you know Priscilla's costumes are, are fantastic and and the output in, in Boop Boop is brilliant and what's in Swing Safari is stunning as well. What's it like with that relationship and getting these eras so well represented on screen? Well, the, the two kids in the film are very much Lizzie and I. I mean, I make no, it's been no secret about that one. Yes, we've grown up, you know, we grew up together. We, you know, that relationship in the film is pretty bloody honest. Um, oh, 
we just have such a great sense of the ridiculous. Uh, and a lot of it was laughing, looking back and just beginning to laugh. And uh, I don't know, it's a shorthand there that goes very well with each other. I, and she loves, you know, she goes and does much bigger American films and comes back and says, oh my God, working with you is a dream. <laughs> and because I let it go, I trust her. And sometimes she goes too far and then sometimes I want to go too far and she'll pull me back. So you've got that. Each of us can I'll constantly push each other. And then, yeah, occasionally both of us need to be reminded <laughs> that, you know, maybe just pull it back just a bit. But, um, yeah, it's a second, it's a second skin and, uh, a very, you know, a very, and a very trusting one. And what was it like coming to, you know, there's been almost 24 years or 25 years almost, uh, yeah, since Priscilla working with Guy Pearce. How's that? What's the difference? How have you seen, like, working with him on this, I can imagine it would be stunning. <laughs> uh, it was it's, it was just a no-brainer. We haven't we've seen each other many times over the years, and just trying to find a project. And his career's gone to you know he's just gone from height to height to height, and he does really interesting, varying work. And um, yeah, I've never offered him a role since since this one. That was kind of weird. And he just said yes. Yeah. So uh, and then top of that one, we were completely you know just again you've known someone for twenty five years. It's a it's a second-hand knowledge on top of that is, you know what you're doing, buddy. Mm. I trust you. Yeah. But I did that with all of them, but gone more so. He said, I want to try this, and he go, I go, go for it. On your head, I might try and save you in the cutting room, but I'll see what I can do. And, you know, there's a great line in, in the script, which is, uh, it's in the trailer, which is, Guy says, uh, you're all going to Catholic boarding school, which is my line. And Guy just threw in, the priests will have your way with, they will have their way with you. Even afterwards, I put it and I said, do you really want to go there? And he said, it's, got, it's done now. <laughs> I said, okay, let's go there. And then when the trailer came out, Kylie rang me and said, are you sure that line's not going too far? And I said, we've gone this far so far, we'll just commit to it. And that was trust. Yeah. He winged it on the day. That just came out of nowhere. And I said, fair enough. See how we sit. So that's trust again. I trust you. Yeah, definitely. And working with Kylie Minogue, like, I've been really impressed with her kind of career choices lately doing Holy Motors, I think it was, which, uh, great film, really fantastic film, but her decision to be in these kinds of works is uh, great to see. It's a huge fan of her music, and, you know, seeing her in something like this is great. So how do you approach somebody like Kylie and say, here is a character I want you to play? I, I just, every scene, not just Kylie, every one of them, I picked every one of them specifically because it was very age-specific. Yep. If I got younger people, and we talked about younger people, they just wouldn't have known the period. So I was very specific on everyone's ages, because I said, these guys all went through it. Mm. Younger versions of themselves, but they all went through it. So it was a no-brainer. It spoke to all of them. If we'd gone for older or younger, we would have went out to... St- I gave it to Kylie, and Kylie rang back and said, yes, is there going to be an above-ground swimming pool? And I said, yes. She said, I spent my entire childhood in my above-ground swimming pool going round and round and round until it created a whirlpool and just keep going. And I said, there's an above-ground swimming pool and I'm going to blow it up. Uh, and she, she said, no, I'm, I'm in. So it was, it was that level of they knew where they were. They, you know, acting sometimes is having to rely on your writer or your director making stuff up and you, then you have to... And as a, a director too, they ask me questions. A lot of the time when you're just making stuff up, you get a lie. Yeah. What's my motivation? I don't know what my motivation is. And you have to... This was... You can ask me any question, I can answer it. <laughs> and I can throw something at you and you can answer it because you know where you are. Yeah. Like, so we were all drawing from our pasts. 
And um, that was just that was just a, a dream. I mean, I think that's why they all said yes. They knew where they were. Well, it's a great cast, and the key thing is, is Australian cast. And I think you know that that history, as you're saying, of growing up in a certain era and knowing what it's like to live in Australia at a certain point is something that you can't really, you know, you, you can't learn or you can't imitate in the way that these guys do. So hats off for that. You did a fantastic job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, was there pressure to put an, an international actor in? Always. Every time. What do you say to that? <laughs> Not even that one. The worst one was I'd finished the script, I sent it out to the Americans, and the Americans really liked it. And they said, could we move it to California and take all the Australians out? That was the first call. <laughs> oh, gosh. I could say, OK, I know where this one's going. And the answer was no. So that's when we folded our arms and said, this time, just no. And yeah, even up to casting at the last moment, they were saying, let's just get one international name in. Well, it just would have been a different film. Yeah. We, well, we stayed pure and we stayed honest. And uh, I don't know if that's ever going to happen again. Well, it's great that you are able to do this. It's fantastic. One last question, which I ask everybody that I interview regarding Australian films. Is there an Australian film that you recommend that people seek out that maybe isn't as well known as it probably should be? Mm, I could probably say there's, there's, there's lots of well-known ones but um, okay, straight off the bat a film that I absolutely love is uh, Bliss oh yeah it's a good film that's a film that few two people know about and I think even Ray recutting it recently and doing whatever I still think it's just a great forgotten masterpiece there you go that's fantastic thank you that was director Stephen Elliott talking about his latest film Swing Safari which is out in Australian cinemas right now Head along and go and see it. Make sure to head over to our website to read our written review of Swing Safari and also head over to the Oscast Network to listen to other shows with an Australian accent, like me. For example, check out the Jaeger Day podcast, really fantastic show which I really enjoy if you want a little bit of history about Australia and Australian culture. It's really great to, to listen to that and learn a little bit more about what makes Australia fantastic. Head over to uh, Twitter, Facebook, follow us, AB Film Review on both platforms. And if you have the time, head over to iTunes and leave us a rate and review. It would be fantastic. That's it from me for this episode. Thanks very much for listening. Keep on watching Australian films, and I'll see you in the next episode of The Last New Wave.